Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Royal Town Talking podcast for what's on in Sutton Coalfield. Today we'll be talking to Sebastian Clough, owner of On The Breadline Bakery. We will be discussing the impact of the last 12 months on his business, what he's managed to achieve during that time, what he's currently doing and plans for 2021 and beyond. Hi Sebastian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Before we get into talking about On the Breadline, could you tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners who don't know you? My name's Sebastian Clough. I've, on the Breadline is going to be turning three, but before that, I, I really was a student. I, I studied at the French, uh, at Univers- University College Birmingham to begin with, and but it it started way before going to college and I've had a dream from, I'd probably say since I was like 11 years old, like people used to like have dreams of becoming a footballer or fire engine, police, but mine was always become a baker or a pastry chef and I'm actually both. So it's perfect. But uh, yeah, so um, I started when I was, I'd probably say about 13, 14 years old. I used to go into the University College Birmingham before I even started studying. Every Saturday, they used to have like a, a beginner's course kind of thing over the summer holiday that extended into like when I w- was in school. And that made me just even further just cement what I wanted to do. And then at at school, I weren't really a a good student, as you say. That I, I weren't really the one that just like I couldn't sit still and read a book. I needed to do something that like occupied occupied my brain. And yeah, so I, I left school. Probably the first person in my year to actually have a cemented place in college. And then from there, it was like I used three years at the use of University College Birmingham and that that was amazing the insight of that and then I went on to uh, the French Pace School in Chicago where my dream became a reality more more when I was in University of, of Birmingham it was more like a, still a dream it weren't really planning out to be what I wanted it to be until I actually got to Chicago and I was uh, trained by world-class pastry chefs, world-class bread bakers, chocolatiers, sugar and cake. And then from that, it was like non-stop. And then I come back and it was a year later after a, a 
I graduated from the French pastry school where On The Breadline took over and non-stop since. <laughs> Amazing story. So did you bake a lot at home when you were younger with your with your parents or anything? It, it weren't really uh, much. It was with my nan. That's, but that, that's where I started baking. But I never really baked at home. It was weird. It's a weird one. But I always had the dream of becoming a baker and a pastry. But I never really baked. <laughs> what was your nan's signature dish? Uh, rock baked? cakes. Rock cakes. And the same recipe is what I use today. So, oh, fab. So it's a family recipe that I use all the time. <laughs> That's lovely. So why why the French pastry school in Chicago? What made you choose that location? Um, to begin with, I wanted to uh, go to Condom Bleu in France. But the, one of the main object um, reasons I didn't go because I couldn't speak fluent French. And Seems fair. <laughs> and you had to speak fluent French to get into there. So that was a no. That was a no straight away. So I, w- I was disappointed because I didn't, because it was my last year of uh, university college, Birmingham, where I was, I weren't ready to take the step into my business because it was like I said it was still a dream it weren't becoming what I thought it was going to be when I left college Mm. and then I was actually searching on the internet for different places and different things and things different uh, other courses were not really what I wanted and then this come up and it was perfect because I wanted to travel at the same time as I was studying at the same time, so it worked perfect. And then in 2016, I went to Chicago in July for nine months, nine to 12 months. And it was the best decision of my life. (laughs) How did you feel when you got in there on day one? It must have been Uh, quite scary. It was very nervous and very scary, but... Then it automatically, when we got into our groups, it was, I was, I was, I was really thinking it was just going to be Americans. I was going to be the odd one out mm-hmm. of people, but it was like literally people from all across the world. I also had a person from England that she, uh, he was from London, but he stayed in Chicago after the course, because he he wanted to stay in America. Uh, but I had people from Japan, Australia, uh, all across the world. It was, it was for, so from then, it weren't really, it was people in my situation. So it made it a bit different because everyone was in the same boat. Yeah, I guess that makes it a lot easier. And you didn't feel like staying in Chicago or America? Um, it was very tough because I want, but the main reason I come home because I had this dream of owning my own business, and that was literally why I came home. If I didn't have this dream, I would have stayed over there. The opportunities you got from the school was amazing. The chefs want really, really wanted you to cement a place where, like, when you left there. Uh, course that they would automatically 
giving you a place into the work industry. So we weren't like they were just teaching you for nothing. It was mm. actually you've got something and the name uh, of the French pastry school in America is big. It's one of the top, I think it was when I was uh, studying there, it was the top, uh, it was in the top three of the cooking schools in America. Wow, so it had a proper name, so. Yeah. But then you came back, so it must have been 2017 you came back, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, New Year. (laughs) Okay, and then the Breadline Bakery started, on the Breadline Bakery. Yeah, it started. It start actually, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah, two thousand seventeen. Because it was a, a year later when I. Uh, it was a year between uh, leaving the French basic school to actually on the breadline opening in February two thousand and nineteen. I think. Mm-hmm. Three years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a year, and that year was just automatically putting my brain into process of getting the kitchens ready. It was like straight into it. It weren't like having a year off. It was getting the kitchens ready, getting the shop built, having the decisions of what ovens and mixers and and then it was really that it was we were I'd probably say we were ready before we opened but it was because I was nervous that we didn't really open before the February 19th of February 2019 it was just pure nerves that I couldn't get past in my head (laughs) there must be a lot to overcome did you have uh, who, who was supporting you in the opening of it it was basically my family. My family's been amazing throughout the decision of opening my own business because it was, I'd probably say it's a big risk because like, I weren't really admit, uh, like a person that really wanted to be taught. I was the one that used to mess around and they didn't really see me like, but from like the University College and the French Pastry School, it was a different turnaround of person from me because I'm not the person with the confidence and stuff like that I was the person that just sat in the corner and just messed around (laughs) but you have made something of it all now so it's not all about sitting reading those books (laughs) yeah so what would you say to anybody who wanted to kind of follow in your footsteps or or open their own business I'd, I'd probably say go for it it's the one of the best decisions. I I didn't know why I had nerves. I I really don't know why. That it'd probably be. I'd probably say it was about three months before February that the kitchens were ready. Everything was ready to go, and it was just pure nerves. It was just I didn't want me to fail yeah like no no one no i didn't want like save my my family that didn't really was going through it was me failing myself i've done all the work and then now it's time for people to know my name and my 
what I do. I didn't want really me to fail, but since February the 19th, it has been the one of the best decisions of my life. <laughs> it's just, it's turned round into fun. It's not business for me, it's just fun. And that's important, right? Loving what you do and yeah. really having passion. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you've got some incredible combinations in the, the breads and the cakes that you make. Where do you get your inspirations from? This is uh, my head. <laughs> goes, through, <laughs> goes through a lot of different, uh, different flavour combinations. And it's one of these things, if I don't try it, I'll never know what it tastes like. <laughs> so, you are the lucky people who get to try your uh, your experiments when you're my thinking. My mum, my dad, my sister, <laughs> 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 and that that was the. It was just I I had flavours that didn't work, and some did, and one of the best uh, breads I sell now is chocolate and chili, and you wouldn't think it would work in bread, but. It's probably one of the best sellers. <laughs> so I guess the last 12 months must have been pretty tough for you with uh, well, everything that's going on in the world at the moment. Um, I, w- I would say it was tough to begin with, mm-hmm. but then I changed my mind about it because I say I'm one of the lucky ones that could actually stay open. But at the beginning, it was tough because it was things were cancelling and people were cancelling orders and people were doing different things from because of COVID. But yeah. once that, I'd probably say three weeks, four weeks of people not knowing what was going to happen, it turned around to being a, a community base for people to come to throughout lockdown it was it, it for me I was one of the lucky ones that's what I say it's just that I was and I it was coming to a time where I was getting up an hour two hours earlier than I used to normally I get up at uh at that time it was 11 o'clock at night but now I'm getting up at half eight nine o'clock at night I'm sleeping from two o'clock in the afternoon to say half seven, eight o'clock mm. and then get myself ready to go in the kitchen at half eight, nine o'clock at night <laughs> where people are just going to bed. Because <laughs> we all want fresh bread in the morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll think of you when uh, we're going into bed yeah. in the evening. You'll be there in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so have you got any new projects that you're working on or you've got planned for this year? It's but This year is just basically just cementing down what I've put down in the past 12 months of just actually working and uh, perfection, well, perfection my bread even more, perfection even uh, my pastries, my cakes, just really tightening stuff up. And then it's like I said, I've got, well, I put it at the start of the year that I've got like a five-year plan where I want, at the la- at the la- end of the five years, I want the uh, kitchens to be expanded. I want 
to build a team around me so I've got a good team. I want the shop extended so I could do more and produce more. So different things, because at the moment I can only do a small, a small amount of what I can actually do. And that's just down to the kitchen size and the shop size. But okay. And then the five years, just just personal goals and stupid goals that don't really come to it. But I like to just challenge myself personally. But that that no one knows them goals. It's just me. That's just I, I like to really challenge my brain and see if I can produce it. And if it don't happen, no one knows about it. Just me. But <laughs> it's good to have those, though. As you say it's. Uh... I think it's always good to be challenging yourself and yeah. looking to learn new things or improve the skills you've got, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. I just, I just think you should have you should have goals that people should know about, and then there's goals that uh, goals that you should just keep to yourself that yeah. you just work personally towards. Have you, I guess, in the last few months, had any big surprises? The one surprise I would say the, uh, in the last probably say year yeah. is the community behind on the breadline. The customers have been amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't really know how it would be, but the community, like just the people, wanted to have bread and cakes, and I'm getting like little letters from kids saying how happy they are and then customers buying me a gift to say thank you for the work I'm doing. It was like overwhelming at 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 getting gifts. It was like, I'm just doing this for fun. But the community really got behind on the breadline in the last 12 months and it's a very big difference in where it was at the start of COVID until now it's a really strong community for on the breadline. That's really sweet. That's lovely to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to end with our signature question. Do you remember what the first record you bought was? Oh. Put you off guard with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about bread or cakes. <laughs> Um, can't remember at all. It would have been either from Michael Jackson or Queen. Both solid choices. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been <laughs> one of them. <laughs> okay, and then other than baking, do you have any other secret skills? What's your party trick? Uh, I haven't got a party trick. I know that. <laughs> I am that confident, but I, I I love cooking. That's my other passion. But that's just for my family to taste. <laughs> well, I guess Sebastian, thank you ever so much for joining us um, and letting us know all about your your business and your bakery. It's great to hear how the community are coming together and that you're still making your nan's rock cakes. That's very <laughs> thank exciting. You. <laughs> thank you. I wish you all the best for the future and uh, look forward to hopefully seeing you soon. Thank you for having me. And finally, to all our listeners, thank you again for listening and joining us. 
please leave a review, good or bad, in the comments. It's the only way we can find out if you're enjoying the content and how to improve. So until next time, stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives. Take care and goodbye. This is a four-pause production for What's On in St Colford. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.